This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer and it is a new week It is just me today We're gonna talk about Potomac What an episode, this Miami trip Jesus, Lord, help us. Before that, uh, we have some news to get to from over the weekend. First of all, Meredith Marks has departed Twitter. We're seeing a lot of um, a lot of chatter about the state of Twitter. Of course, if you've, you know, I don't need to tell you what's going on in like world news and politics, but Twitter's a dumpster fire. Meredith uh, posted a statement in her classic. Um, gray background with the pink text and she you know given the recent fundamental changes to this platform she does not agree with the self-interested owner's beliefs i basically she didn't like that trump was being let back on twitter which you know girl same um so she sent this message a jen shot quote tweeted it said i agree with you meredith everything you said peace out twitter meredith has since deactivated her account so you can't even read this statement on, you know, her account literally just says something went wrong. Jen, no deactivation. And then interesting, Jenna Lyons from the new New York cast also posted on Instagram. She said, account closed, no need to open, you scare me. So yeah, this Twitter situation, man, I have mixed feelings in large part because housewives tweeting along with their shows has been such a such a staple of the Bravo experience and the Bravo, uh, you know, being somebody who is, I would say, extremely online and somebody who's very plugged into social media. Of course, you know, it's my job, but also, <laughs> I, I'm just I, I can't look away. The idea that uh, housewives aren't going to be able to tweet and tweet at each other. And react to the other one's tweet. It's just, uh, we're really at a turning point in history. And, you know, do we go somewhere else? Do we bring back the Bravo blogs? Do we start getting messier on Instagram? I'm not downloading. People are like Mastodon, Hive. There are all of these Twitter alternative platforms that are just like, cropping up out of the ground like whack-a-mole and maybe they're great, but I don't, I don't want another thing. Does that make sense? Like, I just feel like we have been over the last 15 years, let's say on such a hamster wheel of social media. And there have been so many different platforms we were on. I didn't, I never was MySpace. I'm a little, I'm a wee bit young for the MySpace, but Facebook was so big. And then Instagram, Twitter, there was the Snapchat moment. That was its own thing. Tumblr was big for a while. 
LinkedIn. Perhaps do, do the housewives start using LinkedIn? That could be fun. But um, I feel like I TikTok. Oh my God, TikTok. Maybe the housewives will get more on TikTok. But TikTok and Twitter aren't like comparable at all. I don't know. I just feel like I can't have another. I can't learn another thing. I feel old. I feel tired. But at the same time, I still want the content. I still want, I'm looking at a screenshot right now of of that iconic Candace tweet. Where is your income, Roach? You laid on your back to get the $2 you do get. I been had jobs while you turn tricks to pay your mama's rent. Don't come for me. You won't win. Where is that going to live once Twitter is gone? Candace, you're a disaster on LinkedIn. Like, what? what is the... I don't know. I'm having mixed feelings. Anyway, that's happening. Meanwhile, also on Twitter. See, we can't lose Twitter because where else is Shep Rose going to call Harry Styles and Pete Davidson ugly? He quote tweeted this chicks in the office uh, thing that has a picture of Pete and Harry. Not together, just like pictures, photos of them. Guess I'm an old fucker, but I feel like if I walk into a room and these two guys are there looking like this, I have zero anxiety about trying to get the girl. I mean, zero. I know their resume is impressive, but shrug emoji, strip away for strip away the celebrity for a second and consider it. Shepard, please. I mean, dude, this is a man who is in his 40s getting on Elon Musk's Twitter and claiming that he doesn't understand why people think that these two men are, you know, have something to offer and he thinks he has more to offer. (sighs) I mean, really? The thing is, Shep, I was talking to Sam Bush about this this morning. Shep is, to me, representative of a whole generation but it's not just an age thing it's like a a whole generation and class of of straight white men who think that their kind of version of masculinity toxic masculinity one might say is the universal ideal of what it is to be a man and that their their type of attractiveness is the type of attractiveness that everyone should and does aspire to and who think that their masculine vibe is what every man should be striving for. Yeah, all of that. So he's like, I mean, I just can't fathom that a chick would go for a dude with bleached hair wearing a necklace when I'm here being tall and wearing a button down. What's up with that? Can I get an amen? Ladies, right? (laughs) And all of us are just sitting here like you have missed the boat on so many moments of moving forward in the cultural conversation, in the in the zeitgeist, in our societal 
norms of how we talk about and think about things. Like the fact that it is nearly 2023 and you're in your home, in your, again, 40s, 40s, tweeting about how you think Harry Styles has no competition for you. Like, honestly, it is bleak in this moment. And I like Shep sometimes, you know, if you are a, if you're a dedicated listener of this podcast, you may recall this season of Southern Charm. I spent like five minutes dissociating on an episode because I found out that Shep Rose was six foot five and my dumb little brain about had a meltdown because I was like, fuck, Shep is six foot five. What does that mean? But not in a way that makes him more attractive than two of the most desired men, celebrity, famous people on the planet. And yes, they are a specific look, a specific type, you might say. That's not for everyone, but clearly it's working for enough people. Their resume is impressive. It's like, yeah, Shep. Let me know when you're like engaged to Ariana Grande and then dating Kate Beckinsale and then dating who was after that? More people. Kim Kardashian. Shep Rose fucking wishes he could pull Kim Kardashian. And not even because Kim is like the most ideal person on the planet, but just in she would never in a million billion fucking light years. Give Shep Rose a second look. That's not happening. He's not coming to the Met Gala with her. Be fucking for real. Okay. (sighs) Why do I let myself talk about Shep Rose? (laughs) Let's move on. The last little bit of news I want to talk about before I get into Potomac is also Southern Charm related. And that is that Madison LaCroix is a married lady. She and Brett had a wedding in Mexico over the weekend. It was apparently quite small, quite intimate. I'm not sure if anybody else from the show was there. Brett's wearing a beige suit. Madison is wearing what looks to be a short sleeve wedding dress, which, oh, cap sleeve maybe? I don't know. I need some better photos. She looks very pretty, of course, but TBD on the dress. They were in Riviera Maya. Her son was there. Her, ten, her, her son is 10 years old. I Such a cutie. Congrats to them. I feel like, oh, none of their co- none of their co-stars were in attendance. Okay. <sighs> I don't know. I love Madison in like a TV show context, but I feel like we're not going to get to see any of this. So I'm kind of a little bit like, who cares? Like I want to see like a, a nice professional wedding photo, but if there's not going to be any drama or storyline or anything, I'm a little bit like, okay, she and Brett got married. Her like Amazon live relationship. Um, and congrats to her. Now. <laughs> Splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. 
One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now let's talk about Potomac. <sighs> Potomac, Potomac, Potomac. We This entire episode takes place over the course of like maybe three hours in Miami because when we, when we start the episode, people are getting ready for dinner and then we just go to dinner. And even by, by by basically the very end of the episode, they're sitting at dinner and the waiters are just now bringing the food. So it's not even like a whole ass night that they're sitting at the restaurant. It's like they've not even gotten their food yet. And things have been to hell in a handbasket. But before we get ahead of ourselves, there's there's a lot going on. Ashley, Ashley's talking to Robin and Giselle about her Michael situation, her house situation. She put another offer. The timeline didn't make sense. She withdrew the offer. She says that Michael is getting more and more difficult to deal with. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. And it's like, Ashley, my dear, I think that you do know what's going on. I think, and you know, they point this out to her that it's like, they, Michael probably thought on some level that this was going to be a temporary thing. Ashley was going to change her mind. He doesn't want to be solo daddy, you know, like he doesn't want to be raising children in, in the way that he is going to have to raise children if they have some kind of shared custody thing. Like he might, he, he's probably happy to, he's probably happy to have the babies, but like, he doesn't want to be changing the diapers. He doesn't want to be getting dinner on the table. Of course, he's getting more difficult to deal with. I I hope for Ashley's sake. I mean, this house thing is clearly a mess. I don't want her to buy a house with him, but I, it does seem like she needs to get some distance between the two of them because the fact that they're still living in that same condo together, it just is not, it can't be the best thing Really for anyone in that situation, but particularly for her. You got to get your shit, you know, in order. 
Uh, meanwhile, as Giselle can hear the toilet water through the pipes anytime someone flushes above her. God, this this house is so funny. We see Sharice calling Faina, trying to get a room. Mia's like, good luck, bitch. You're not going to get a room anywhere. <laughs> Why do you think we're in this house? Mia's friend Jacqueline, which like the vibes are getting a little weird there. Jacqueline is asking Mia to borrow every toiletry imaginable under the sun. It's like, oh, I need the toothpaste. Oh, I need the deodorant. Oh, I need the the cream. I need the toenail clippers. And okay. The thing is like, yes, this is annoying, but Mia, Mia seems to have a little bit of a problem with Miss Jacqueline. And that's something that I feel we need to unpack a little more. You know, she's being rude to her in the car. She's being rude to her at dinner later. Jacqueline says, when Mia leaves the table that she's maybe her only friend who doesn't kind of just go along with everything that she has going on in her world. Um, Of course, she's not talking about the women on the show as Mia's friends. She's talking about whatever other friend group they have. And, you know, (laughs) I got to say, Mia does not seem like somebody who would be super easy breezy to be friends with. She clearly lives, lives for the drama a little bit. She kind of goes anyway. The wind blows. I saw Ray Sani tweet that. It's like she really just uh, she'll really just blow any which way, huh? And yeah, which makes her exciting and entertaining to watch. But then also so it's a frustrating quality sometimes to watch. And I can't even fathom being friends with somebody like that where it's it just feels like it's hard to really get any sort of concrete commitments out of her. But then uh, the other thing is the Sharice and Karen of it all is is still festering. So Sharice at the at Karen's spring party had you know suggested that they go to lunch and kind of talk through things, and Karen was theoretically open to it, but Sharice hasn't followed up. So now there's this weirdness, and in the car on the way to dinner, Mia tells Karen that she actually feels like she's coming around to her side and that she might be right about Sharice having some some ulterior motive and not coming from a good place. It's all it's all a little weird. And we'll, we'll get more into it. But they arrive at Bar One Miami, of course, Peter Thomas's establishment. And Wendy, <laughs> Wendy getting out of the car and being like, well, well, well. Look where we are. This is a perfect coincidence that we are eating at Peter Thomas's establishment. I'm like, babe, it's not a coincidence. It's literally not. They're, the the producers are the producers are producing. Mia knows what she's doing. Peter knows what he's doing. Like, babe, it's not a coincidence. If Wendy genuinely thinks this is a coincidence, then she's not as smart as I thought she was. But I I don't think anybody really thinks this is a coincidence. It is weird, though, because then later when, when Mia talks to Peter and is kind of digging into what Peter's issues are with Wendy, first of all, there's this question about a contract. Peter says that he sent Wendy a contract. She didn't get back to him. Wendy's version of events, at least to the confessional, is that she actually had asked him to do a site visit and then he never really followed up. So there's a little bit of a he said, she said going on about the actual status of the business deal. But Peter also says that 
part of the reason he's pissed at Wendy is because she's coming in town, coming to his spot at bar one and didn't holler at him, like didn't let him know that she was coming, any of that. But then if you back up to what I was just talking about, Wendy, at least on the show, appeared not to know that they were going to bar one or also that Peter would be there. So like, I would like a little more clarity there because if Wendy knew that she was seeing Peter and like didn't say anything, then that would be a little strange maybe. But I'm not sure that's the case. And also, like Wendy says when she's talking to Mia, she's like, I don't need to check in with a random man who I have some dealings with. We're not in a relationship. We're not close friends. I don't owe him any kind of heads up or anything like that, which I don't, I kind of get. I think this season I haven't been feeling Wendy as much. I think she's been kind of falling flat in some of her arguments. It's a little bit of some of her stuff. It's not giving what she thinks it's giving that kind of vibe. But in this situation, I'm like, yeah, I think, I think Wendy is more right than Mia throughout this dinner. Because I think Mia is just, she's getting really involved in something that doesn't quite concern her. You know, there's, it's all tied in with this thing of Sharice and Karen and Wendy calls Mia out for saying in the car that she understands why Karen doesn't fuck with Sharice. And Sharice is kind of like, hold up. What happened there? Because, you know, Wendy had previously said that maybe Sharice isn't coming from a good place, but Mia had been more on her side. Wendy asked Sharice if she's scared of Karen. God, I love Sharice. They're talking about the, the theatrical reaction to the room situation. It's like, well, I need a bathroom. I can't, I have to have the thing. And, you know, Robin defends Sharice's theatrical reaction, saying she didn't have a bathroom anywhere. I mean, it's a lot, but, but basically I think Karen and Sharice don't really want to be friends with each other, but I do think that Sharice knows that having an ongoing thread with Karen is helpful for her in being back on the show. And so it's not in Sharice's best interest to just be like, yeah, Karen and I don't really fuck with each other and that's that and let's move on she's going to kind of keep poking the bear where Karen looks like she would, you know, she would chop off her own finger if she never had to talk to Sharice again. She doesn't even want to talk about the issues. She's starting to sing happy birthday to herself to avoid it. <laughs> God, I love Karen. She's obsessed with the fact that she's turning 59. I love that for her. She looks amazing. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> But Sharice and Karen, their issue is a separate thing. But what what really boils over is Mia and Wendy. And after Mia has her little shit-talking session with Peter, she comes back to the table. She tells Wendy that Peter said he had beef with her. Wendy's like, you know, says the the thing about the site visit. She's like, I don't, I'm not checking for him. I don't hear from him. (laughs) When Mia says that Wendy should be respectful, that that Peter, that she could be Peter's mentee. I'm like, who the, no. Nobody here needs Peter Thomas as their mentor. 
Like Peter might be the best businessman in the world. He has all bars, lounges, whatever. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Find someone else. Peter Thomas, I wish him all the best. I'm sure he's a great guy sometimes, but no, we're not. We're not entering into a mentor-mentee relationship with Peter Thomas. Wendy's like, Mia's like, that's family. You know, you support family. And it's like, okay, great. It's not Wendy's family. Jesus. But yeah, I mean, basically they just start kind of escalating, escalating between each other. Wendy's throwing out stuff about Mia's marriage, maybe suggesting that she's fucking Peter Thomas, which again, came out of nowhere. There's, you know, I don't talk to my, I don't, you know, talk to my husband, blah, 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 blah. It's really just kind of like boiling, boiling, boiling. And then Mia just kind of dumps her drink on Wendy a little bit out of nowhere. It's just, I mean, great TV, great TV. I, I, I enjoyed this episode, but it's one of those things where watching it, you're like, no, don't do that. Because then the entire rest of the dinner is just kind of fallout. It's spiraling. There's shrapnel in the air. Everybody in the group has to choose a side, figure out how to react. It's bad. And it's also just strange to me to see who feels which type of way. Because what we have here is Ashley is saying it's never okay to throw a drink and that she likes Mia, but that's not okay. I think that is, I think Ashley has the most kind of common sense, rational reaction to what's happening. Probably they're both a little wrong, but throwing the drink is a, is, you know, the, the biggest problem. Karen is sort of, sort of similar, you know, trying to stay in the middle. She's been more on Mia's side, but she's like, you know, I didn't like the way you threw the drink. But Mia, because she thinks of Karen as like her bestie, is so offended that Karen is taking Wendy's side all of a sudden, which it's like, okay, if Mia wants to feel that way, whatever. Spring has sprung, and that means it is time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring ones, make sure you are using Ibotta to get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys, so you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you are purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, a new warm weather bedding set, or a flight for that summer getaway you've been eyeing. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including all your favorite grocery stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MENTION. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. 
FX is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is the Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. And then on the other side of the table you have Robin. Robin who it is very funny that she's filming this on her own phone. So we're getting the uh the RDZ version of events and then the actual camera crew's version of events. Personally, I feel like if I was on one of these shows, I would love to record stuff myself because she says, you know, we're not going to get the she said she said the we're going to get the real version of events and I think what we forget sometimes watching these shows is that they can't just roll the footage back on what they said or what somebody else said. You know, they film, they go do their confessionals. They don't see the footage until shortly before it airs on TV. You know, they're getting the episodes ahead a little bit, but not while they're filming. So if you are, if you're having an argument with somebody, especially if you're intoxicated, you're not going to have the record of exactly what was said, exactly who did what, who who threw the drink when, who put their hand on another, you know, you're not going to have all of that evidence to go off of and moving and move forward from. So I respect Robin's filming. <laughs> what I what I'm not feeling so much is that Robin thinks thinks this is all Wendy's fault. And she is shouting at Wendy that she's antagonizing, antagonizing, antagonizing. She says it over and over again. She's like, it just is, it's tough. Because I think, of course, of course, some of the stuff that Wendy was saying wasn't great. The, The stuff about her husband, about throwing out there of a thing of Mia fucking Peter. That's not real. Wendy at at the end of the episode said as much that she's just saying shit. It's not, she's not starting a rumor. She's not, she didn't hear anything. It's just a thing to say to provoke a reaction, which isn't great. But the thing is Mia still gave her the reaction, you know, Mia, and she says that too. She says, "I sh- she got exactly what she wanted from me. She wins. The thing is, I feel like it's a little disingenuous to say, well, if you didn't want the drink thrown, if you didn't want the purse thrown at you and the whatever, that you shouldn't have said all that stuff. It's like, right, 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 right. But that doesn't mean that it's equal. That doesn't mean that it's Okay. And the way that Giselle and Robin are kind of rushing to Mia's defense, it does feel a little bit strange. And like if they weren't already turned off to Wendy this season, that I don't think I don't think they would be reacting the same way. I think they're simply going off of who they like more in this situation. And it's a little frustrating because Robin is riding so hard for Mia and it's like, you could be kind of neutral. I mean, Ashley and Karen, I think, are doing a fine job of sort of trying to be rational and neutral. But with Robin, it's like, 
Why? Why are we doing this? It's tough. I don't know. I don't know about Mia com- or about Wendy comparing the situation to what happened with Monique and Candace. It feels a little bit of a stretch. It, whatever. Eh, heat of the moment. I don't know. But she's not wrong that in that situation, it was so quickly closing ranks around Candace and isolating Monique and, you know, taking her to task for what she had done. And Giselle in particular, but Giselle and Robin were both so on the train for that. And so with this, it's a little bit like, okay, where's, where's that same energy now? And I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it goes after this night. I'm, I'm not sure what to expect. I mean, Wendy, Wendy's obviously really heated. I get that. Mia is saying she's going to leave. She's calling Gordon, get her a flight. She doesn't want to be there. It's, it's tough. Her nail is bleeding. But the thing is, it's like her nail is bleeding, but her nail is bleeding because she popped off, not because Wendy, Wendy didn't like break her nail. I don't know. I don't know. When, when he's like, look at the CEO, businesswoman, businesswoman. <sighs> they didn't even get their food yet. I, I'm looking at my notes because I was like, when did the food come? The food comes after Wendy is yelling, look at the CEO. When Mia starts swinging, she leaves the table for the last time. Then they get the food. Ashley's asking for another glass of wine. She's like, look, I'm going to enjoy my dinner. Everything's good with in my world. Candace isn't here yet. I don't have to deal with that. This fight doesn't involve me. I'm going to have my my shrimp salad. And can I get another glass of wine? That, I think we can all aspire to that energy. It's like, nothing to see for me. I'm just having a good time in Miami. <sighs> this is their first dinner. The Damn. Candace hasn't even arrived. Her flight gets in at like 10 p.m. She's going to be there any minute. And she's walking into this. Uh, honestly, Candace arriving at this house is stressful to me because I already feel like Giselle's judgment seems to be in a questionable place with this Mia and Wendy situation. So I feel like she... I can't imagine her handling things well with Candace. The whole everybody's talking about this ass grabbing situation potentially. So Ashley, I didn't bring this up, but so they're talking about these rumors swirling about Chris Bassett. Apparently, everybody else remembers Ashley claiming that her friend's ass was grabbed by Chris. Ashley doesn't remember saying this. She's like, no, he was leaning on the bar. I don't know. But that's not going to be good because, you know, it's going to get back to Candace. Oh, I'm stressed. I'm, I'm stressed. (sighs) But, you know, nevertheless, I'll persist. (laughs) (sighs) You know, what a time to be alive. Oh, my God. The editors, the, the Matrix sequence that they put together so art artful artistic 
these editors, man, Potomac editors really get the job done in the trenches week after week. And thank God for that. Thank God. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we have an episode, an interview with Corey from Winterhouse, which is really fun. And then we are going to be off for the rest of the week. So we'll be back next week with all things Potomac, Salt Lake City, uh, you know, just lots going on. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Allie Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.